Welcome to Ditch the Binge, the podcast where I help you stop binge eating and build a banging body image without having to obsessively track all your meals, be haunted by the scale, or waste another year of your life being controlled by how you look. If you are finally ready to end the war with food and body and grab life by the balls, you are in the right place. Hey there, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. This is actually round two for me on this episode because when I recorded it a couple days ago, I realized I was using the wrong mic. So here we go again, take two. But you're in luck because I'm going to add a little bit of information here to this episode that I did not have in the first one. So you're welcome. And that is because, so as many of you know, I now live in Indiana and the Indy 500 is happening this weekend. And I'm still new to Indy, so it's super fun and exciting to see like all the people's checkered flags and just like the excitement and anticipation of something new. And so I was you know, hearing about the Indy 500, looking it up. And I think David told me like hundreds of thousands of people go to this event. And I was like, mm, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, right. That's ridiculous. Like hundreds of thousands. Like I can't even wrap my brain around what that would look like. So I Googled it because I need to know the facts here. <laughs> and he was right. Listen to this. In 2019, there were upwards of 250,000 people at the event, almost around 300,000 people when you talk about the people like not in the paid seats that are just like, there's like spots that you can go that you don't have to have a ticket for. They just let you go in so you can kind of see the raceway. 300,000 people to watch cars go around a track for a couple hours. I'm not personally that excited about it. Okay, I wanted to go because I like watching anything that anyone is good at. Okay, I don't really like bull racing or like cattle roping. Growing up in a small town, we that was like at our state fair, and I just never liked that. And if you're listening and you rope cattle, I just don't think it's very nice, and I don't think you should do it. But I like watching people that are good at things, and... I do want to go see the, just like what it looks like, because I guess the track is two and a half miles long and they just go around and round and round <laughs> for 500 miles, uh, for a couple hours. And that's the thing. And people really, really like it. So I was going to try and go this year, but, um, the capacity is at 40%. So it's like 135,000 people that they're letting in. I read, Uh, So I don't think we're going to get to go this year, but I do want to kind of just go see the track because I don't know. It's interesting. Like, did you know this stuff? Did you know that the track was two and a half miles long? That's a really big track. Like a normal track in a football field is a quarter mile, right? Can you imagine that? That's huge. So that's it. That's my trivia. That's my information. I hope if you hate this podcast, (laughs) that at least you learned something from what I just told you about that. Okay. So today's episode, this week's episode that we're actually talking about, that's what we're all here for, is to talk about how long does change take? How long is it going to take me to get 
X? How long is it going to take me to do X? And for most of the women that I work with, there's a similar answer across the board. And we change in direct proportion with our ability to let go of our old beliefs, of our old stories about ourselves. So when people come to me, they'll, they will ask that. They'll be like, okay, I want to do this, but like, how long is this going to take? <laughs> like, and I get it. I used to ask those questions too. Um, and there's a lot more to that question that I usually unpack with people, but it did kind of make me think a little bit because I've worked with clients that at month two, you know, if they came to me for the food thing, that's a little bit more measurable than just general self-confidence, right? When clients come in, we set like a more specific goal so we can make sure they're actually hitting their targets and creating whatever it is that they want. And so when they come in for me with food, you know, I've, I've had clients say to me, and I quote, what do we do now that the food just isn't a thing around month two of coaching? And then I've had other clients that have signed up, you know, we've worked together for a year or so and month five, six, seven, they're like, oh, I get it. I get it. And things start clicking for them then. I personally really relate to the people that it clicks with a little bit later for because I've always kind of considered myself a slow learner, which that thought kind of ties in perfectly to this episode, but I've, you know, I struggled with food, binge eating, anxiety, putting myself in this certain, like presenting myself in this certain way because it's what I'd always done for a really long time. There's a quote that says, everything I let go of has nail marks in it. And I think a lot of you may be able to relate to that whether it's food, whether it's people-pleasing, whether it's perfectionistic tendencies, whether it's you name it, you've grown very accustomed to doing that thing. In fact, you've probably grown so accustomed to doing that thing that it doesn't feel optional. And if someone were to say, you don't have to do that, it doesn't have to be that way, you could easily change that, it might piss you right off. I know when people have told me that, when I'm really struggling with something in something and they're like, well, you don't have to do that. I'm like, fuck off. Like, okay, thank you. No kidding. Like, I know that. (laughs) I know. That's why I'm like, I get it. Um, But... There's also a lot of truth to that. We attach ourselves to these ways of being. So we don't come out of the womb thinking, well, I just can't stop binging. We don't come out of the womb thinking, well, I just hope everybody likes me or I'm never good enough or I'm never going to be as good as they are. I mean, can you imagine if babies, when they're trying to learn how to walk, had the comparisonitis thing that we do, like compare and despair, 
they like they're like trying to walk and they fall over and they're like well susan i just can't do it i give up i've tried seven times and it's it's clearly just just not happening i'm just i'm never gonna walk so i don't know get a bigger stroller because we're in this for the long haul they don't do that they don't do that because they don't even know that that's a choice they don't that's like not even an option for them in the same way that doing what you want to be doing, but maybe doesn't come naturally to you, doesn't really even come into your brain as an option. You're like, I just can't. I just can't not do this thing. I just can't stop binging. I just, I can't not say the shitty comment to my partner. I just, I can't not take control of the situation. And that is what I'm talking about when I say your rate of change goes in direct proportion to your ability to begin to look at, question, and change the old stories that you have about yourself. This kind of comes in with growth and fixed mindset. So the fixed mindset, if we take it back to the baby example, the fixed mindset is baby falls down and thinks, well, I'm never going to be able to do this. Like, I can't. I've tried seven times, and it's clearly never going to work. It's just not in the cards for me. Growth mindset is, okay, here we go again. My legs feel a little bit stronger. I think I'm getting my balance a little bit more. I think I'm going to hold on to this couch this time and maybe just like try and go a foot or two. And then maybe after that, I'll try and go six feet. But I'm going to get this. I'm going to figure this out. The growth mindset allows you to do just that, which is grow. But we get locked into this fixed mindset of this is just the way that I've always been. This is just what I do. So think about yourself for a second and what are those what what comes up for you with beliefs that you have about yourself that seem true but hopefully as you're listening to this podcast you're like oh, maybe it doesn't have to be that way. So some that I frequently hear are, I'm never good enough. Nobody likes me. It's really hard for me to make friends. It's really hard for me to relax. I'm never, I've never been good with money. As I said in the beginning of this episode, I'm a really slow learner. And For me, when I latch on to that, when I get hooked in by that thought, I believe it. And I'm a slow learner is something I've carried with me my whole life because I really always have felt like a really slow learner. I always had a tutor. My mom used to drive me an hour and a half to go get math tutoring in the evenings because I just couldn't, I like, I couldn't, it didn't go into my brain. I had a, always stayed after school. Like I studied so hard and like my grades were not as great as people that I thought didn't study at all. I was like, what's wrong? Like nobody's working as hard as I am. I'm such a slow learner. This is so much harder for me than it is for everybody else. And when I believed that thought about myself, I would then like compare myself to my brother who's stupidly smart and just like doesn't try at all and just gets things 
immediately. I mean, we are, we have very different brains <laughs> and he, he is very like science math oriented and I'm like dance videos and <laughs> podcasting and human connection and authenticity stuff. Um, so yeah, but that old thought came up all the time and I, I felt it in my bones. I was like, this is a fact, but it really wasn't. Because when I would go into new jobs, which I was a serial job getter, like I have, my resume is something to look at. Let me tell you what. (laughs) But I really, I did pick up on stuff really quickly. Like I am a really fast learner, but with math and science stuff, my brain operates in a little bit of a different way. And that stuff's a little bit harder to land. But even even if that's true, the more frequently I would tell myself, I'm just a slow learner, I would confirm that. And so this is the same exact thing that happens with women when they come to work with me and, and is probably happening in your life too, is you are dragging who you used to be, who you've always been, into all of your present situations. I give an example of, it's like wearing a backpack with 75 pounds in it. Like, you can do it. You're doing things. You're living life. But it makes things a hell of a lot harder. And when you set it down, you're like, whoa, I feel so much better. I had no idea I was carrying all of that with me. And suddenly, everything just gets a little bit easier. You're more agile, you're more active, you're more energetic, you're more fun. All of these things that you've been wanting have been there the whole time, but you've been carrying this heavy backpack with you into every new situation, dragging a little bit of the old you into every single present situation. The old you being, I'm not good enough. I've never been good enough. Nobody's going to like me. I've never been able to do this. I've always been this way. Those things, which are unique to each of us. Like they're usually pretty common as a whole, but you're going to have your own specific things that that are unique to you. So again, for me, it is, um, I'm a slow learner. Um, I need to be more professional. For a lot of my clients, it's I have to be perfect or I always mess this up. You know, I work with a lot of real overachievers that like really want to get it right all of the time. And they have this belief that I always mess it up. I can never get it right. And when you hang on to that, when you see that as a truth in the same way that you say, like, I have 10 fingers and two eyes and I'm a slow learner or everything's hard for me. I always mess things up. It will prevent you from growth. Now, part of that is just like that is the process of growth, right? Is learning, seeing what you're doing, deciding if you want to keep it or not, 
letting go, changing, moving forward. So this is, that's like just the natural process of evolution, of changing who you are, of changing how you show up. But some of those you are going to hang on to for dear life. And you will have to have that same conversation with me or whoever you work with 125 times. And then on 126, you're like, oh, I get it. I see what you mean. I get what I'm doing. It just lands in a different way. And it's not because you don't want that. Like if it could have landed on day one, that would have been amazing, right? That's like, that would have been awesome. But that doesn't happen for too many of us that are changing our relationship with food, our relationship with our body, our relationship with money, our relationship with work, our relationship with our partners, our relationship with ourselves, We cling to these things even though they hurt like hell. And the work is starting to see, is this really serving me? You know, a question that I ask clients frequently is, okay, let's just pretend I got into your brain and plucked out your own unique thought that just kind of keeps sabotaging every single situation. Cause we saw, we've all got one, right? Like this is something I pick out within my clients pretty free, pretty, pretty, um, quickly in our sessions. I'm like, wow, this is like the repeat offender, right? Like this is the one, this is your one that just like, pew, pew, pew. it's like constant. What would you be like as a person? How would you show up? How would you take action, eat, move, live your life? If this one thought, this one belief, this one idea just didn't exist, who would you be if I'm never enough? Nobody's going to like me. They're going to leave me. Imagine if just like poof, it was gone. How would you show up. We're so resistant to that because again, it's like, I am never good enough and have two eyes and 10 fingers. And that's all just the way that it is. And it's going to be that way forever and ever. But you've gone through growth in other areas of your life, right? You, you can probably walk, you can probably talk, you can probably brush your hair, you can probably drive a car, None of these things did you just do perfectly right away, right? You had to be taught how to do these things. You had to be taught how to hold a utensil. You don't think about that anymore. You don't think about like, oh, I wonder if this bite of salad is going to make it into my mouth or if I'm going to accidentally miss and like it's going to hit my face. I hope not. I don't know. Fingers crossed. (laughs) You don't do that. It just goes in your mouth. And you're you're like talking and texting and doing all the things, driving, like you're doing everything and you're not worried like, God, I just really need to focus. I hope this salad bite goes into my mouth. It just happens because we're continually becoming a different person. But there are going to be those major rocks in your life that will be preventing you from making the change and the growth that you are after. 
This is the whole purpose of coaching is helping you change who you want to be. You know, if what you're doing right now, if the way you're living your life isn't in alignment with the version of you that you want, isn't in in alignment with the life that you want to have, that's where we get in there and we start shifting how you see yourself, how you hold yourself, how you handle situations, how you interact with other people, your confidence, your consistency, your certainty. And we start to shift that so that you can start showing up as that person that you want. So to just kind of recap, your ability to grow, the degree in which you will grow and change is the degree in which you can ch- you can come in to coaching with an open mind. It's not magic. It does take a little bit of time. It doesn't happen overnight. But the more open-minded you can be, the more curious you can be, the more willing you can be, the faster your own growth will be. The hiccup there is that there's a part of you that's going to hang on to that shit. Like if you let go, you will die. And, and I want you to know that kind of going back to last week's episode, that is actually a, such a normal, normal response. But when you do this, when you do this work with me, I have clients messaging me from three years ago telling me, wow, it's still like the ripple effect of this has not stopped. It's showing up in my current relationship, in my current job. I just had a situation last week that was the exact same situation that I had with you when we were working together a year ago, and I handled it completely different. A client just told me that about a move that she had to make. You know, last time she was stressed out, she was making Excel spreadsheets. She's like, so anxious. She just wanted to pick the right place and she didn't know. And she felt like she had to do it right. Cause she didn't want her boyfriend to be disappointed. And then she just moved again. And she's like, I just picked a place and it was fine because she has shifted how she shows up in her life. She's shifted how she sees herself. So I want you to hear that growth change in whatever area you want I, honest to God, do believe is possible. I mean, like, within reason, (laughs) right? I mean, I'm probably never going to have, like, get air like Michael Jordan, right? I'm probably never going to be in the Indy 500. I'm, you know, within reason. Um, One just little last kind of thing I want to put here is, is because when I started doing mindset work. When I started doing mindset work, I thought it was bullshit. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Just tell me what to do. (laughs) Whatever. I don't want to change anything. Just tell me what to do because I'm a doer and that's, that's my MO and I still love doing and I still think doing is super important. And this is exactly what I want to hit on is that, you know, this whole episode has been about your ability to let go of these old stories, but that it doesn't just stop there. You know, I, I get so annoyed by the people that are like, I just changed my thoughts and like made a million dollars the next day. It was so insane. I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, that is not true. <laughs> there is something else going on there. I'm 
certain of it. But it's not just like think good thoughts and and your life's going to be perfect, but it's think good thoughts and do shit. Like start to change the story that you have about yourself. And then let's look at the actions that you're taking and how you're showing up to your life. So changing, like letting go of old thoughts is is the old story that you have about yourself is super, super important, but the buck doesn't stop there, right? It's not, again, just sit in your room and think wonderful things about yourself and all of a sudden someone's going to FedEx you a billion dollars. <laughs> or I probably wouldn't be recording this podcast. <laughs> I'd be like in some tropical island. So think good thoughts and do shit. Change is 100% possible, especially if you're feeling like, I can't stop binge eating, I can't stop overthinking, I want more confidence, I want to stop caring what other people think about me, I just want to love who I am, I want to trust myself. All of those things are exactly what I help my clients with. So if you are dying for some more confidence, if you are tired of being all up in your head, worried about what everyone's going to think about you, this is my area of expertise. And you need to message me on Instagram. Let me know you're interested. I'm going to send you over a little application and then we're going to book a free consult call. And if by the end of that call, you're like, yeah, this is what I I like, or we decide it's a good fit, we'll kind of move forward from there. But that's the first step. So if you're tired of like dragging that heavy backpack around with you into every single situation and you're ready to show up differently and to really like sink your teeth into the life that you really want and have that happiness and confidence, message me on Instagram. And yeah, I look forward to to helping you. This is always super fun for me. So thanks for being here and I will talk to you all next week. I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here and listening and taking time to let me into your little ear holes. It means the world to me. It would also mean the world to me if you would just take a hot little second and subscribe to the show and leave a review. This helps other people who have been where you're at or are currently where you're at find this podcast. And that is the greatest gift you could give to me. Thanks for hanging in there.